This is episode number 89 of The Ship's Podcast with Claudia Erickson. Welcome to Ships. My name is Pat McAndrew, and I am a professional actor, speaker, and coach. In every episode, we discuss a message related to the most important vessels in our lives. Thanks for being here today. Now let's set sail. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Ships, the Vessels for a Meaningful Life. As always, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast and learning how you can cultivate and build more meaningful, deep relationships. We have a great guest joining us for today's episode. Her name is Claudia Erickson, who is a speaker on the topic of reducing tech distractions. She is the founder of Unplugged Village, a digital wellness company that helps people spend less time with technology and more time increasing authentic human connection and community. The Unplugged Village serves as a resource and includes events and businesses that offer engaging opportunities to unplug. Everything from craft and trivia nights, pop-up comedy shows, to the Unplugged Dining Network, and a farmer's market scavenger hunt for kids. Claudia earned her bachelor's degree in social work and master's in public health from San Diego State University. She has raised two kids, both digital natives, and has 20 years experience working in maternal child health. Claudia believes there is no one-size-fits-all approach to this issue. She will continue to help people develop a new relationship with technology, to look for innovative ways to make unplugging fun, and to show people that it's not about what you are missing, rather it's about what you can gain. So this is a great episode for you all today. Claudia shares with us how she entered into the digital wellness space through her own suffering of tech neck, as well as the distractions that her and her family faced when it comes to technology. Technology has the power to pull us away from our lives, and this is something that we discuss a lot in this episode. We talk about how tech platforms really are trying to steal our attention from our everyday lives. We talk about the idea of villages and how villages have the power to pull people back together. We talk about the importance of connection and community, how this is so central to her work, and how you can't sell the negatives of tech. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, leave a comment, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and let me know your thoughts. So without further ado, let me please introduce Claudia Erickson. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ships Podcast. Today's guest is Claudia Erickson. Claudia, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm really happy to have you on the show because you are doing some incredible work. You're the founder and CEO of an organization called Unplugged Village, which is 
this digital wellness company that is really helping society today spend less time with technology and therefore more time with themselves. So it's a really important cause and a really important organization that you have created. So I'm really excited to have you on the show to talk about it. I am excited to talk about it as well. I love what you're doing and I just thought it tied in so nicely because it's all about the connections and community and so we're on the same page there. Oh, absolutely. So I'm wondering if you could just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and maybe what led you on the path that you're now pursuing today. Sure. Well, I basically had, I started saying I had a never ending case of tech neck. I had a lot of back and neck issues from being on technology too much. Um, so that was kind of one of those things that drew me towards this. But also, I was really overwhelmed with just too many tech distractions in my life. And I, it was impacting my health, not just the next stuff, but, you know, anxiety um, issues were cropping up. And then my family, my relationship with my husband and my kids, we were all kind of doing that. Uh, everybody lives in one house, but we're on our own separate gadgets. So we were getting farther apart. And I was really bothered by that. Um, so I, fe I felt... Like I wanted to do something in this area for quite some time, but I wasn't feeling like it was the right time. Um, and it was challenging me to me because even though I knew better, um, you know, I had worked on a cyber safety program for some time. And so I kind of knew uh, what was going on and I felt like it was addicting, but the research wasn't really there at the time. This was like five or six years ago. Um, and but nonetheless, I knew it and I was still drawn to my phone. So for me, it was like my chocolate. Chocolate's like my big weakness. Um, and tech is kind of similar for me in that if it's if it's there, I'm going to want to go to it. Um, so that paired together with then I heard Tristan Harris, who's the ex-Google ethicist, talking about exactly how tech is designed to be addicting and constantly engaging us. That really spoke to me. It made so much sense, and I felt like uh, that was something I could probably present and package to talk to other people about this issue. Um, so that really is kind of how I got started there. Yeah, it really is amazing how it, I, I find, at least in my experience and those who I've talked to, it's like everyone really entered this space because they it just came from simply observing their surroundings, whether it was with their friends or family or even with themselves. What did you find about technology that was so enticing and so distracting, so much so that it really interrupted the flow of your life and your family's life? I think the biggest thing is just how often it, it pulls you away from whatever you're doing, even if it's interesting, whatever you're working on. I'm impulsively going to feel like I want to check emails or maybe you want to check your Facebook or whatever. Um, so that in itself is just part of that distraction economy thing where um, it it's a little different than when I was a kid and we had you know, a TV with four television shows to choose from, right? Because we had four channels back in the day. I'm dating. <laughs> right, right. Right. And so maybe that was a little bit distracting, but not nearly to the level of now we have so, so many choices. 
And every one of those comes from a company that's working really hard to get you to pay attention to it instead of to another thing. Netflix wants you to binge watch their shows. You know, YouTube wants you to look at their videos and keep going. Facebook wants you to uh, check your notifications. Hey, you haven't checked in recently. LinkedIn, Instagram, they're all reaching out to you. And they all know exactly how to market to you. Um, to show you kind of what you might want to see. And so it's just so much competition for your attention. And it's hard to kind of wade through all of that. Yeah, it really becomes an overwhelming amount of information. And I think just instinctually that distracts us. It really pulls away our focus from what we probably should be focusing on, whether it's our relationship to ourselves or our relationships to our, our family members, to our friends. And it really is amazing when we dissect it and see the how strong of an impact it's having on our decision-making as we go about our day. Right. And I feel like we used to be, and I say we as in the society, used to be better at being planners. Like I used to be a serious planner. I had the Franklin planner system. I wrote everything down. I prioritized these are my goals for the year. These are my goals for the week. And a lot of people I knew did similar things. And now it feels more like we're kind of uh, reactionary. So we're just kind of dealing with the top critical things we have to each day. And I think we're getting pulled away from that planning, organizing way of doing things more to just kind of this reacting to things. And that's had an impact as well. Uh, I couldn't agree more with that. And with, with all of that said, you created this uh, amazing organization called Unplugged Village. And I think a lot of us working in the digital wellness space are entering in this space from a wide variety of different perspectives. And I think with Unplugged Village, you are really providing this alternative way of learning about digital wellness and disconnecting from our devices. So I'm wondering if you could talk specifically about Unplugged Village and share with our listeners, what is it exactly? Sure. So I came up with the name um, after I would just talk with people, friends, strangers, like anybody I will talk to. Uh, about kind of my concerns about seeing everybody on their phones, basically. Um, and I would get this response back that, oh my gosh, that's so important. Um, we all need to be talking about this. And they would send me an article or an idea or maybe an offer to help um, in some way or another. And I've worked on a lot of different public health programs over the years. I've never had a sense of kind of overwhelming support for this idea. Um, and I just felt like that old adage that it takes a village. I felt like I am kind of getting a village together here. It was kind of cool. Um, and I also thought that it takes a village to tackle problem is big. So it just kind of came from that. Um, also the feeling that really villages used to play kind of a critical role in a community in pulling people together. Um, people would walk down to the village for their market or their to get their mail or whatever. Uh, shop for goods and connecting with people. And so I really love that. And you still see that in some nice small European countries, maybe, or maybe even some small towns. Um, but I feel like that's sort of going away. And I love that. I think community is important. So anyway, that all kind of came together to come up with this name called Unplugged Village. 
my son who's 21 thought that it was a little cult like sounding (laughs) (laughs) it's not a cult i wouldn't do that um but any rate it it's kind of stuck and and people seem to like it so with that i was trying to figure out what am i going to do how am i going to reach people and i thought well i can always give presentations to schools and businesses i've done that before um that'll be a good way to go and then i'll see what else i can manage to pull together i found that doing presentations is great but it's it's kind of hard to get in there because people are still pretty um hesitant to hear any message that might sound anything like we want you to put your phone away (laughs) so why um, why do you think that is you know honestly i'll say that i think it's a, a combination of things and people are nervous about uh giving up something that's such a critical part of their daily life right and they feel like if i'll go back a little more Uh, When I was working on a cyber safety program for a bit, we had a hard time getting parents to come out to the parent night. And it was frustrating because they had a really good um, presentation, top-notch, you know, info, everything, the experts that you would want, and parents not coming. I started to look into why it was. I saw some other groups that were doing parent presentations, and it kind of came down to there were so many reasons, which is different than other public health programs that I've worked on, where maybe you don't wanna smoke because it's bad for you. It's pretty simple to see why you shouldn't smoke. But with this, there were so many things. Um, Maybe you don't wanna wanna hear about what your kid's doing, (laughs) or you don't think that your kid would do those things, or you don't wanna have that conversation telling them they should put their phone away Um, or you're worried that the technology is over your head. That was a big concern for a lot of parents. Uh, It added up to a whole lot of reasons why people wouldn't want to come, which ended in low attendance. And I would call it um, 10 10 ways that I'm a crappy parent presentation. And nobody wants to go to that talk. So it kind of threw people off. And I thought, well, I'm sad about that, but someday... I'll come back to this type of program when we can package this in a way that will be interesting and engaging for people. So, but that's why I think it's hard. I think there are so many reasons why it's hard. And ultimately it's such a critical part of our daily lives and we're afraid to give it up. And what does that mean for us? Yes, absolutely. And so you were saying with Unplugged Village, you were thinking about going the the speaking route, speaking at schools, because it's something you had done in the past. But I guess we're now you thinking about trying to do something a little bit differently because parents and, and families tend to be still a little hesitant about this. Yeah, I was trying to figure, well, where else can I reach people? And I found kind of an early alliance with restaurants. So... I started to look into restaurants across the country that were doing this, you know, unplugged dining sort of thing. They would encourage patrons to come in and put their phones in a box on the table, or they would give them a free dessert if you could dine without your phone or 10% off or something like that. Some incentive to dine without your phones. Um, Not happening in a lot of places, but there were a handful of places across the country. This has probably been two years ago. I think it's expanded now. Um, so I 
I looked into it more and found that, interestingly enough, that while restaurants have gotten increasingly um, greater number of TVs in them to kind of be engaging and exciting, even if they're slow, uh, and they've kind of changed their ambiance to being more industrial style and less with carpeting and tablecloths like restaurants used to have. Those types of things absorb sound. So now you've got sound bouncing off walls, you've got TVs, you've got loud music, and you have people talking. Wow. And you can have a conversation. So I found that pretty interesting. And then I also found that there were several restaurant owners in articles that were mentioning how they were annoyed with customers being on their phones. And the customers, if you looked at Zagat's and I can't remember, there's one other um, report that came out saying that the number one irritation from customers in restaurants was noise. It was not food or service or anything. It was noise. So I thought restaurants aren't really listening to what you know, people are wanting here with they're putting all these TVs in. So I thought, wouldn't it be nice to be able to go find restaurants that you could dine, have a conversation and connect? And I thought that might be a good place to start. So we, we started a unplugged dining network and I'd go all over the place trying to find restaurants that didn't have TVs as the first point and maybe low volume music and then that might offer an incentive for people to unplug. So we rolled out a couple of Tech Break Tuesday, that was what I called it then, um, Tech Break Tuesday nights and had some pretty good success right up front. Um, and that was that was neat, but we, we definitely ran into some issues with it. And I found that it was more complicated than I thought. Um, so I've still got a list on my website that I'm building Anytime I travel anywhere, I'm looking for a restaurant that's unplugged that I can add to the list. And I think that might evolve over time, but I'm also thinking it might be a little bit early for that um, because I think that we have restaurants are really competing just to stay open. At least here in San Diego, yeah. it's super competitive, super competitive market here and really hard to compete with Netflix and Uber Eats who makes it so easy to just never get off the couch <laughs> and just stay home. So, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So who doesn't want to binge watch Game of Thrones and eat their dinner, you know? So I thought, okay, maybe I'll, I'll look at focusing elsewhere for a little bit um, from the Unplugged Dining. And this whole process for me has been like making spaghetti and throwing noodles at the wall and seeing what's going to stick. Because this is so new this digital wellness thing um, is very new and we don't really know exactly what's going to work. And unlike other public health programs where I'm coming in and, you know, we know exactly how to tackle this problem or that problem. We don't know for sure how to tackle this yet. And we really don't know how to reach people for sure yet. So it's been quite an adventure trying to figure all that out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that all of us were just, really trying to trial and error and and see and test things out to see what's working and what's not working. And it seems like what Unplugged Village is doing is really creating 
spaces in live events, whether it's at restaurants or whether it's at community events where people can engage and socialize without their phones. On your website, you say that Unplug Village is a place for connection and community. So I'm wondering, how is this the case? And also, why is this so important today? Well, I did, I did kind of change it um, to being about connection and community because as time evolved, I started to see that's really the issue <laughs> is that we need to connect. I'm not as worried about focusing all of this being on put your phone down, you know? It's about making the connection and building up the communities. And I think it's important for any community to be healthy, to have that in mind. Um, I think about Susan Pinker's work. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she wrote The Village Effect. She talks a whole lot about the importance of community and connection on longevity um, for people. She studied the, a great number of people that lived to be 100 or older live in Sardinia. And she kind of talked about how the common thing that worked for them was not eating healthy, which they certainly do, but, and immunizations and things like that. But really, it was the factor that they had a sense of community and support. And they would meet with people on a daily basis, whether that's, you know, down in the village with the, the postal um, worker or in the restaurant or their friends or their family. They had little conversations with people every day. Um, and that really just gave them that sense of connection. She also looked at like cancer research um, and seeing that cancer survivors lived longer when they had support systems. So looking at all of those kinds of things, that sure made a lot of sense to me that we really need those supports in our life. And I thought, if anything that's been happening from tech, it's that we all have gotten really good about doing everything independently. <laughs> we don't need, we don't need anything. We don't need to go out. Amazon brings everything to us. You know, again, the, the Uber Eats, whatever. We don't need to go out and interact with people as much. But maybe we truly do need it for ourselves. So I kind of wanted to bring that element back. That's why community, I think, is so important um, and connecting, not just through technology. So I definitely looked at, you know, ch changing gears and thinking about how can I, how can I reach people with that message? And that's kind of brought me to this, <laughs> this latest adventure where I always joke and say, never did I think I'd be spending Friday nights with a rooster at a farmer's market, but there I am. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, there's this simplicity, there's some sort of uh, simplicity about that. That's a really beautiful thing that I think is very easily lost in today's complex digital world. And going off what you were saying before about these small conversations with the postman or, or someone else that's within your village, I think that these are really this, this fuel that works on us and really enhances our lives in a very positive way. But you're absolutely right is that a lot of people nowadays were really learning how to live independently. And I think that's going to have some very serious consequences. And I think we're beginning to see the early stages of that. I agree. And you know, what I think is ironic is that it's the technology is there to help us live independently. 
but it seems like an awful lot of young people are having a hard time becoming independent. <laughs> yes, and, yes. And, you know, this whole year to launch thing. Um, it's, it's just, it's a little ironic. Now, with that said, too, I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit more about this. A, a lot of people who are maybe hesitant about digital wellness or hesitant to put their phone down will, they might say like, okay, I could see how maybe unplugging will allow us to connect with each other socially, but I'm also able to connect with so many people through the internet, people that I might not have met otherwise. So, so how do we figure out that balance of being able to, yes, make those initial connections online, but then being able to take those connections offline and have it in a real life experience? Boy, I think that's so key. Um, and I agree wholeheartedly. First of all, I'll say I do not have all the answers. I'm trying to figure this out, right? That's part of why I say I'm searching for life tech balance. I haven't got it figured out. <laughs> yeah, we're but all figuring it out. Yeah. We're all trying to figure it out. Um, but I will say that a perfect case in point, I wouldn't have met the people that I've met through the Digital Wellness Collective, which is this group that you and I both belong to. Um, where we're all working on this problem and trying to solve this problem. And it's from people all over the world. I wouldn't have had that if I didn't have technology. I think it's fabulous. I think it's great. Um, and I think it's critical. But I do like that then we can take the effort to um, go further and meet in person and make more real in-person connections. I think that's important. I think both are important, but... It is kind of valuable to sort of weed through what is useful for you and what is maybe just noise and what's just taking a lot of your time. It's wasteful. I'm sure that when I'm um, connecting with somebody through the Digital Wellness Collective or through, you know, a family member, it's a little different than I'm just scrolling aimlessly through Instagram facebook you know? uh, oh yeah so. yeah the with those kind of connections when you're having a authentic conversation and both people are very present and very aware of where they're at in the conversation and very focused that conversation is going to reach a whole other level of depth than if you're just commenting on something online right for sure yeah and so how, how would you say, how important is cultivating community and how is technology and social media threatening that? Well, I think mainly, I think it's threatening it by the fact that again, there's so much pulling us in so many different directions. Like we, one thing that hasn't changed, we still only get 24 hours a day, no matter what. <laughs> we haven't been able to figure out how to change that. There's only 24 hours every day. <laughs> yeah. More stuff to wade through every single day. And there's more competition trying to get our attention every day. I I felt this holiday season, I'm watching commercials and I'm noticing, you know, all the efforts to get people to join one company or another. I'm not, I won't go into the names, but like if you want to watch Friends, old versions of Friends, you're going to have to join this one plan. If you want to watch The Office, you're going to have to join this other plan. It's not going to share anymore. We're not having it. <laughs> so it's getting more segmented. And then there's more competition from each company. 
to get you to buy their product and spend time watching it. Um, I, I just really get a sense that it's not coming from a negative place that the tech companies aren't, you know, doing this with some big mastermind plan to undo us all. But I think just the simple fact that we have so many companies and so much competition vying for our time, we can only do so much. Um, and it's making people have anxiety. It's making them feel like they have too much going on. And, and we're all stressed out all the time. Like since when is everybody supposed to be stressed out every day? But you hear people always talking about how much they have to do. You don't very often run into people saying, gee, I've got it all squared away today and I'm really having a stress-free day. Um, that just doesn't come out of people's mouths that much. I feel like it's changed over the years and I feel like there's a direct correlation between how much competition there is for our attention. And also too, that these devices are in our pockets. Everyone has really the world at their fingertips more or less. And yeah, it's amazing how advertising is really specific to each individual now. And that there's not only so much information that's pulling all of us as a society in a bunch of different directions, but how each of the things that are pulling us are very specified to each of us as individuals. Right. Well, that's where artificial intelligence has come in and is just winning out because, you know, if I've been on Facebook for eight years, Instagram for four years and LinkedIn for three or whatever, they've been collecting information about what I like and what I'm interested in. Um, and they know exactly how to make the most appealing, you know, advertisements pop up in front of my eyes and it keeps getting better and better. So we're only getting more and more targeted advertising. When I see a bunch of faces down in their phones at a restaurant, it used to just make me crazy. And I feel like, oh, those horrible parents. And now I just feel bad because I think it's just perfect marketing. They know exactly what each one of those members of that family wants to see. And it's being fed to them. And it's just working. It works better than we work as parents in terms of reaching our, our kids. Yeah, it's pretty wild when you really take a step back and assess it and really look at what's happening. Yep. Yeah. So I'm curious if you could talk to us. I think that a lot of people in this space, obviously those who are in the Digital Wellness Collective, at this point have a pretty decent understanding as to what digital wellness is and that you know it's really trying to create a mindful relationship with how we use technology and then in turn how that affects our relationship to ourselves and then to others as well. But for those outside of this space, I think that the term digital wellness is still a bit foreign. So I'm wondering, from your perspective, what does digital wellness mean to you? And what does it mean also in the context of what you're doing in your work with Unplugged Village? I think, I think it is totally evolving still. I don't have a perfect definition, but um, I do think that it's trying to find that balance and trying to carve out more time for in-person connection and a little less time on your your tech and finding ways to kind of control um, notifications and things that might um, 
make it easier for you to have success doing that. Um, I don't offer up like exact numbers of things like this is great. If you're, you know, only on your phone for three hours a day, awesome. You're doing wonderful. I know there are groups that do come out with recommendations and that's important, but I've kind of stayed away from it because I feel like every family and every person is different and they're so unique. Um, that's why it's been really hard to come out with any solid recommendations because everybody works varying hours. Um, they watch different types of things. They engage differently with their kids. So it's really hard to have any, any hard, fast rules where it comes to this. So I think the whole thing is completely evolving and it's going to look very different two years from now and five years from now. Um, but for right now, it's that searching for a little less time with technology and more in-person time. And for me, what that means with Unplugged Village is that I found that creating engaging and fun, hopefully, um, opportunities for people to spend time with one another is kind of my direction. So I really wanted to get away from any super um, hard fear tactic based kind of messaging because it's yes. out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all in the research. So it's like fi figuring out a way in which to make real life more appealing than what's happening in the digital space. Yeah. I mean, frankly, I think it's a lot of that's absolutely true. I mean, it just is. It's scary. It's terrifying to me when I think about what's happening. But I can't sell that to people. It doesn't work right now. Nobody wants to hear that. They really just need to feel they have little small opportunities for success. And you go out somewhere and you have a nice dinner that's unplugged. Better yet, doing something where your hands are busy. Um, that really seems to be useful. Um, that That's what I've seen to be working. So when we do um, a craft night or a trivia night, or a comedy night where it's built into it that you can't use your phone, uh, that seems to work well and they have fun and they have a good experience. So that's easier than having a sign out saying, put your phone here in this box. So I'm kind of seeing that. Yes, I, absolutely. I, I think that the, the more and more we see events like this, I think the the better and better we're going to feel over the long run because it really lays a foundation for being able to create genuine, meaningful relationships. Claudia, I, I really appreciate just everything that you've shared with us today on this SHIPS podcast for, for not only joining us on the show, but also in the work that you're doing with Unplugged Village. I think that it's a really important service that you're providing in orchestrating events where people can come together and create a community of sorts and really engage with one another outside of the online space. And I think, like I just mentioned, so long as we continue having these events frequently, I think it really is going to promote some powerful change in the long run. So thank you so much for all that you're doing. Oh, absolutely. And I, I actually have to tell you about Rodney Rooster. Because oh, yes, please do. <laughs> you've got to know about Rodney. So Rodney came about um, 
not in a way that I would have expected, but I was trying to reach young moms and I had been asked to start a play group, an unplugged play group. And I thought, okay, I'll give this a shot. That wasn't really where I was heading, but I'm, I'm interested because I want to reach that group. And I put out a, a post. This is where I thought social media would be perfect. Um, seeing if people were interested. And I got a big response right away saying, yay, yes, I want this. And I thought that was wonderful. But I pretty quickly found out that that did not translate into attendance or showing up. So it was more, I'm interested in the idea. And I also found out that it kind of showed how people were, um, I say, suffering from a bunch of O's. You know, they were overcommitted. They were oversolicited. And they were overworked, these moms. So it couldn't quite come together. But I heard a few of them talk about a farmer's market as being a place to get together sometimes. So I thought, okay, I'll go down there and set up a booth and come up with a way to kind of draw people in. And so I sort of borrowed from um, Trader Joe's who has Find the Green Monkey or Elf on the Shelf. Where's Waldo? Where it's the search and find kind of a thing. And so we have the search for Rodney Rooster. And Rodney's just this little stuffed rooster who's hiding in a different vendor booth each week. And kids go around and look for signs and clues. And when they spot them, they come back and tell me and then they get a prize. And then we sometimes do a nature craft and then I can talk with the parents a little bit. But the beauty in it is the simplicity of it, really, in that I absolutely love seeing a serious mom or dad who is for that moment engaging and playing with that kid. And they'll say, oh, let's go find Rodney. And their face lights up and their voice softens. And that kid gets excited. They skip on down the road and they go looking. And even if it's just for 20 minutes, 30 minutes on a Friday, they are playing with their kid. And that is something that's not happening as much as it used to. And it's this thing in pediatrics, we used to talk about called serve and return, where you really want to have the parent and the child talking to each other and connecting, and that's going to help form their, their brain pathways. And when you stick a kid in front of a tablet, the same thing does not happen, even if it's an educational video that they're watching. So we need parents to you know have those conversations and have that engaging time with the child. And it's a simple, simple thing. And for whatever reason, Rodney the rooster brings it out. Kids love it. The families love it. Uh, the vendors love it because it gets more people coming out regularly and they're selling more produce. Um, so it, it kind of married everything together for me because farmers markets are like community based, just, you know, the nature of it. It feels so organic and you're out in your community and you might see people and say hello. And they're talking to farmers and their friends. So at any rate, I, I just kind of came upon it and now we're, we've expanded to another market and I have others that are interested. So we're, we're going to call this the community connections kit. And that's um, kind of the thing I'm focusing on right now. And I'm going to partner with Kim Cavallo of Lil Space. Oh, great. Um, she's got an, yeah, she's got this app. So we, which this is an example of good tech. There's good tech as well. And where you can track your time unplugged, and we're going to call it Rodney time. So it'll carry it home. So you can say, hey, go home. And if you spend 15 minutes 
shopping with your mom at the grocery store. Maybe she makes a little handmade list for you and you have five things to look for. They can get Rodney time and then they'll come in and get a badge or something. So that's kind of a fun way to take it farther and have them spend more time connecting at home. Oh yeah. It's a great way. I, it's, it's, it's a way that allows parents and their kids to engage in a fun and light free, I mean, in, in a lighthearted way that really, really does a, a lot for them in the long run with regards to that socialization. Yep. Yep. I agree. And it's really, it's, it's, it's starting where the people are at, which is one of those lessons I've learned is that I think that, you know, I have all the answers for how to reach people, but if, you know, that, that may or not be true, but if I can't reach the person, it doesn't mean anything. So maybe what we're really needing to do with digital wellness right now is start at the bottom of the mountain. I think we have a long ways to go in, in figuring this whole thing out. But maybe right now we just need to get the conversation started and do some of these smaller steps. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm more about where are people at? Maybe I'm finding them at the farmer's market and they just want to engage a little bit on Fridays and then we can do a little bit more and then a little bit more and go from there. Yes. Uh, it's, it's such important work. Where, Claudia, can our listeners find out more information about you and your work? They can, they can go to my website, which is www.unpluggedvillage.com. Um, you can you know, always say I'm a little social. So you can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook. We do have those two accounts as well. Um, and you can find out about Rodney Rooster events and dining and we've got like a comedy night coming up soon and that's just kind of a cool fun thing to do for adults the traditional comedy club if you're easily offended don't come but it should be fun um if you're interested in getting a community connections kit i'm starting a list for that so we'll be doing that down the road that could be used at a farmer's market or a business where kids and families come or where you want them to come so let me know about that and I, I really want to thank anybody who's been supporting me. I've got some people that are starting to come on board and be interested in getting involved more, um, like State Farm and Little Space Digital Wellness Collective. So I'm appreciating all the support. Great. Well, for our listeners out there, if you're interested, I will include all of the links in the show notes. So just scroll on down and you could click all those various links provided and check out the amazing work that Claudia is doing. So Claudia, I have one last question for you before we head out. What is your definition of a deep, meaningful relationship? Wow. What a hard question. <laughs> I think it's really one that happens in person, whether that's over a cup of coffee or a walk through the neighborhood. Um, but it's definitely one that happens between two people. And it can be helped along by technology with little cute fun texts. But honestly, I think it's all about meeting in person. Great. Well, what a, what a great answer to leave our audience with. So, Claudia, thank you so much again for joining us on the Ships Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. 
Claudia Erickson, everyone. This was a great episode, especially if you're figuring out ways to enhance your community, to enhance your connection in your human relationships, and figuring out ways in which you can unplug and really participate in events together so as to improve your social relationships in your lives. So Claudia, thank you so much for coming out on the show and introducing us to Unplugged Village. If you liked this episode and you think it might resonate with a friend of yours or a family member, please leave me a review, subscribe, head on over to Apple Podcasts and let me know your thoughts. I would really appreciate it. You also have the opportunity to support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will allow me to continue producing episodes with insightful messages and inspiring guests. So if you're interested in supporting, head on over to the show notes, scroll down and click the link provided. Also, if you're interested in having me as a guest speaker at your upcoming event, head on over to patmacandrew.com and contact me there. I love speaking at a variety of events, including conferences, business events, as well as at your educational institution. So I would love to hear from you. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the SHIPS podcast, figuring out ways in which you could enhance and develop your relationships. I will catch you all in the next episode.